Good morning, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. It's great to see you. It's been an awesome Sunday to celebrate the Lord and celebrate our graduates. It's incredible. But we have been in a series called Unoffendable. And we have heard so many things from so many different people of how relevant this is to your life and how much you needed it. And so I know Pastor Aaron and I really felt that way. That's why we planned this direction for the messages and for the series. And we just really feel like the Holy Spirit leads and guides that. And to be honest, we plan the messages and the series sometimes a year in advance. And we just really rely on the Holy Spirit's leading. And so he's really moving and working among us. And these are timely messages for us. And so we're so glad that you're here. Thank you for those of you that are watching online. We just pray that this message um, ministers to you as well, right where you're at. We've been in this series. It's been powerful because I think we all would agree that there's just some angry people out there today, right? All have encountered some angry people, some people who are just being really offended at everything and lashing out at everyone around them. I don't know if you've experienced that, but it just seems that everybody is mad at everyone about something. Everyone's just finding reasons to be mad at everybody. And we've gotten to a place where if you don't agree with me on everything, then we can no longer be friends. I no longer want you in my life. I don't wanna be around you because we don't agree on everything. I don't have to agree with you on everything to love you. That's not how it goes. We want to be unoffendable. And I truly believe that we have navigated through this COVID pandemic which has been a new experience for a lot of us. We haven't walked through anything like that before. And so we've navigated through that, but I truly believe that it's led us to a different pandemic, a pandemic of offense. It seems that out of that pandemic has arisen a new pandemic, which is a pandemic of offense. And so our goal should be to live unoffendable but it's really hard to do right now. It's really, really hard to do. And so today we're actually gonna be focusing on something that can make it very difficult for us to live unoffendable, and that is bitterness. We're gonna be talking about when bitterness takes over. The definition of bitterness is actually caused by or expressive of severe pain, grief, or regret. And so all bitterness starts out as hurt, and then it kind of moves into this place of anger, and then resentment, and then when that's left to fester, it eventually becomes this corrosive ulcer inside of us that is bitterness. And you may have experienced that or maybe you're even feeling that right now as I'm speaking. And so I understand that this is gonna be difficult for some of us that are here today. I understand that, that this is gonna hit a very deep wound in some of us. And I know that it might be difficult some of you are sitting here the, this morning and you're saying, 
I've got some significant hurt and resentment right now. And you don't want me to keep going. But I have some good news. There is freedom. There is freedom. Jesus paid the price on the cross for us to have freedom from this bitterness. The price has already been paid and we can have freedom. And that's what we're gonna find out is how to, how to get that for ourselves today. And we're gonna take a look at some instruction that was given us in the book of Hebrews. And so at this time, the, the context of the book of Hebrews was that it was written to Christians in a time that their culture had turned against them. They were frustrated, they were struggling, this whole following Jesus thing, this was a whole lot harder than they anticipated. Is there anyone here that relates to that this morning? I don't see any hands, anyone? Yeah, I would say the majority of us can relate to that feeling like the culture is turning against us. We're struggling. This, this following Jesus thing, man, sometimes it's a little bit hard. So I think that we can relate to these Christians from the book of Hebrews. And so let's look at the instruction that was given to them. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, it says, work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. So we have to work at peace, living at peace with everyone and live a holy life. So I might as well just stop the message right now. We can all just take those two things, go home and work on them for the next week or two weeks or month, right? I mean, those are, those are big things right there. Work at living at peace with everyone and live a holy life. Book closed, we're done, we can go home, right? That's a lot right there. And so I would ask us, have we made any effort at living at peace with anyone. Not just the people that we like, not just the people that agree with us, but everyone. Have we been working at that? I mean, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Are, are we the ones, have we been the ones that have been stirring things up and have we been the ones that have been lashing out at people around us? We're supposed to work at living at peace with everyone. Moving on to verse 15, it says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. So you can see from this passage, bitterness is referred to as a poisonous root, and not only does it affect you, but it affects other people. And so we're gonna look at a couple of characteristics of bitterness this morning so that we can talk about what it looks like and then how we can get rid of it so that we can live unoffendable. And the first quality about bitterness is that it is a hidden destroyer. It is a hidden destroyer. 
Isn't it interesting that the author of Hebrews uses the imagery of a root to talk about bitterness? I mean, it refers to that in the passage as we heard, but we can kind of picture that in our head, right? I, I brought a picture to share with you today. We only see what's on top of the surface, but from this picture, you can see how these roots go down deep and not just deep, but also wide. And this is what bitterness is referred to as a root, a root of bitterness. Because roots, they go down deep beneath the surface and you can't see them. And how deep the roots go, well, you don't really know unless you're trying to kill it or you're trying to pull it out. I don't know if you've ever worked in your yard or, or maybe you have a garden or maybe you've tried to plant flowers before. But in our previous home that we lived in for nine years, we had this amazing oak tree in the front yard. It was awesome. We loved it so much. Not only did it bring amazing shade, but it was the best climbing tree. And our boys, our two older boys who are 18 and 20 now, they were a lot younger then. And it was the best climbing tree. They were always up in it and climbing. And then we would come out and kind of look for the kids and we'd be like, where are they? And then it was, oh, there they are, they're up in the tree. And a lot of the neighbor kids would flock to our house too, because it was just such a good climbing tree. And they would all climb up in there, see who could get the highest. And they would play tricks on us up in the tree. They would throw stuff down or like joke with people when they walked by on the sidewalk because nobody could see anyone. And so they had a lot of fun in our, our big oak tree. It was awesome. But then also right in front of the house, we had a flower bed. And so I wanted flowers in my flower bed and I'm not a green thumb. I have to go and buy the flowers that will not die, that you cannot kill, the ones that just don't need any attention at all, like set it and forget it, forget it type thing. Those are the kind I need. So, you know, I go and I find the ones that are fine in the shade. They just need a little bit of water. And so I'm working in my front flower bed and I wanna plant these flowers and I'm digging down into, to plant them and I cannot get down into the soil. There are just roots going all the way through my flower bed. They're just all tangled up together and they're just, they're just prohibiting me from going down into the soil. There's so many of them. So I'm chopping and pulling and yanking and, and trying to get these roots out and I try to get my flowers in and sometimes I had to position my flowers a different way that I wanted to because there was a root there and I couldn't get it. And so I put them in and you know, shortly after that they die, right? So then I'm like, what am I gonna do? I really want flowers in the front. It just looks so nice, needs some color. So then I just decided, well, I'm gonna put the flowers in small flower pots. And then I'm gonna position my small flower pots in my flower bed like they're supposed to be. And then I'll just surround it all with mulch. And so that just had to do for me for a while until they didn't like the pot after all anyways. So that didn't work. I just ended up having mulch in my flower bed because those roots were coming from the oak tree. There was nothing I could do with them. I couldn't get rid of them. I couldn't pull them because they were a part of the oak tree. They had spread throughout my whole entire front yard and there's nothing I could do about it. And those roots from the oak tree robbed me of having a flower bed. And I would say to us that it is what is 
beneath the surface in our soul that is a root that if left unchecked, it's gonna grow deeper and deeper and deeper and rob us of the life that God has for us. That's bitterness. It's gonna rob us of what God truly has for us. Sometimes these roots of bitterness, you don't even know that you have them. You're not even aware that they're there sometimes until you wake up one day and you can't stop thinking about that person that said something to you or that person that hurt you or that situation that happened that was out of your control that's bothering you and it's all that you can think about and you're having conversations about it in your head over and over and over and you don't really realize that that is the beginning of a root of bitterness. Sometimes it can be something really insignificant that sets us off, right? Like, like walking into your kitchen and coming in to prepare a meal for your family and you find crumbs all over the counter and you go to use your stove and there's grease and oil and food splattered all over it and cooked on because somebody's already cooked on it and left their mess behind. And so then when you come in the kitchen to cook, you have to clean the whole kitchen up before you can even start cooking. You gotta wipe up all the crumbs and scrub down the stove top because that is so gross. Preparing food on top of already cooked food. Ew, that's so gross. I'm not bitter about it. I'm not bitter about it. It happens every single time I go in the kitchen to cook though. <laughs> People, <laughs> right? It can be something insignificant that really just gets us, right? But for some of us, it is way, way deeper than that. So for some of us, it's abuse that's been done to you by a family member or somebody close to you. Could be an affair. Could be the deception of a business partner. And you just can't shake it. And now it is stuck inside of you. See, roots, they grow underground and they're unseen, but they will eventually produce a visible fruit. And that's what happens with bitterness. Because when we have bitterness in our lives, it will make its way to the surface. And it has the potential to destroy everything. The second thing about bitterness is that it poisons others. It poisons others. Because you see, the roots, they never just stay in your yard. They're going to end up in your neighbor's yard. Some of you have had a tree, one of your neighbors has a big tree in their yard and it's awfully close to your yard and so you're really nervous about it because you understand that those roots are gonna make their way up under your house or up under your foundation or your driveway. And you're like, hmm, 
yeah, I, I think he's gonna have to get rid of that tree. We gotta get, get those roots away from our house, right? You understand that. Same with bitterness. It's not just gonna stay in you, it's going to travel to everyone around you. It doesn't just stay in your yard. Because in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, that we read earlier says, watch out that no, no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. See, it's not just gonna affect you, it's gonna affect everybody around you. Because bitterness, it starts in you, but travels to the people around you. You end up spewing it out on the people around you. Because in our culture today, people believe that bitterness should be publicized. They feel that everybody should know about it. And so anywhere you look, you will find it. You'll see it happening. You'll, you'll find it on the news channels and, and all the things that you see online, on social media platforms. People feel like their life is so defined by this hurt that they have to invite everyone into it to experience it with them. They want other people to join them in their bitterness. And so they publicize it. Everybody, everybody needs to know what that person did. Everyone needs to know why I'm mad at them, what they did, because I have a right to feel this way. And so I'm gonna tell everybody about it because also I want everyone to hate them with me. So we publicize it. Everybody has to know. I am justified feeling the way I'm feeling. And I am gonna tell everyone to join me in this. See, God called us to live a holy life. Tells us in that passage in Hebrew, live a holy life. But you can't have holiness and hatred in the same heart. They can't be in the same heart. So if you're acting out of hatred, there can be no holiness. When we invite other people into our bitterness and publicize it like that, what we are doing is we're actually becoming a stumbling block to their peace. So it's a poison. It is a poison and you see this happen every day. You've probably seen it around you. You've probably heard stories because it only takes one bitter person, one bitter person to destroy a connection group, one bitter person can split a whole entire church. One bitter person can ruin a family. One bitter person can undermine a business's success. It's poison. I know I had a family member one time that was posting things on social media that were actually hurtful to other family members. And so I would see this on social media and I was just getting so upset by it. It was making me angry. 
And I was like, do they know that this is so hurtful to them? Do they know they're causing pain to, to other people in the family? Like, what are they doing? I was having conversations with them in my head, like talking this through and like telling them what's up, if you've ever been there. Um, yeah, I was doing all of that. And so it was totally stirring up in me and I was just beginning to be so bitter about that person. And so eventually I just said, I gotta do something about this. So I messaged them and I said, listen, you are really being hurtful to other family members. Like, I don't know if you understand that or you realize that, but the things that you're putting out there on social media are hurtful. And I don't think that it's a good idea for you to be doing that on social media. If you feel that way, if you're struggling, go talk to a counselor, go to talk to somebody in private, but you can't do this, it's hurtful. And they were like, you're right. This isn't right, I shouldn't do this. I totally see that. I'm gonna stop, I will not do it anymore. And I was like, awesome, that's so great. And I just felt so much better and I was able to release my issues. And I was like, yes, awesome, it worked. I had a conversation, yes. A few days later, there they go again, same thing. So I said, all right, I shared, I had a conversation and now, I am left with a choice and I am choosing to block them. I'm taking them off of all of my social media because it is causing me issues. It is stealing my peace. It is causing me bitterness because it's a poison. It's not just affecting them, it's affecting me. And I chose to block it all. But people think that their bitterness should be publicized, that everybody should know about it. Our goal is to live unoffendable, but we're going to need to deal with our bitterness in order to live that way because we can't control what happens to us, but we can control how we respond. So how are we gonna get rid of this? How are we gonna kill the root of bitterness? The first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna expose the objects of bitterness. In Ephesians chapter five, verse 11, it says, take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. So we have to, we have to acknowledge it. It's going to take awareness on our part. And so I would ask us this morning, have we gone to the place to identify why we are chronically paralyzed by that wound. We have to go there. We have to figure out what it is and why is it that I'm chronically paralyzed by this wound that has turned into bitterness and is causing me to lash out at people around me. We've gotta expose it. We have to call it by name. We have to identify it. We have to say it out loud, write it down. We may need to sit down with a counselor and dig down to the root of it to get it out. Because if we leave it in the dark, we leave it unexposed, it's going to stay and it's going to continue to fester. We have to expose it to be able to remove it. I had to do this in my life. 
I had a very deep wound that was chronically paralyzing me. It was affecting me, it was affecting those around me, but especially my husband. So I had to take the time, I had to sit down with a counselor and I had to say, listen, I have gotta get this thing out. I've gotta go down and dig down and, and find the root of this thing and get it out because I know it's not this particular thing that, that's the problem. I know it's deeper. It's actually a different issue. And so I had to take the time to do that, to expose it, to call it by name, to, to figure out exactly what it was and to pull that root out. And by doing that, it has led me to freedom in my life. And that, that's what God has for us. That's what God has intended for us. But some of you, you actually might be too afraid to even say what it is. So some of you, you may be bitter at God. You may be bitter at God because you lost someone to COVID or maybe to cancer or maybe a, a tragic accident. Some of you, you may be bitter at your business partner who betrayed you. Some of you may be bitter at a coworker who got that raise that you were hoping to get. Some of you may be bitter at the person that's dating your ex. You don't wanna be with your ex, but you hate the person that is and you're bitter about it. Some of you may be bitter at your sibling because they just seem to do no wrong. Everything just seems to work out for them and you're bitter about it. I know some of you, it may be very painful for you to name what it is. But in order to get to the freedom You've got to figure out what it is so that you can pull that root out. There's a woman in scripture who experienced a depth of grief that some of us will never know, and I hope we never know. This woman, she lost her husband, and then she lost both of her sons. Just immense tragedy, that is so tragic. And back in this time, in this day, a woman's worth and, and who they were was completely connected to the men in their life. And so this woman actually, she would have been esteemed in society because she had a husband and she had two sons. So she was supposed to be set for life. She was gonna be cared for, she was good, she had a place in society because of these men in her life. And then she tragically loses all of them. And so she actually ends up being no one and having nothing. That, that's where she ends up with all the men around her who have died. She's completely destitute. So she has two daughter-in-laws. Um, her sons had wives, so she has two daughter-in-laws. And so one of her daughter-in-laws 
says, listen, I, I'm going to stay with you. I'm going to stick with you. And so whatever you decide to do, I'm going to do it. Whatever, wherever you go, I'm going to go there with you. Uh, I'm going to stay with you in life. We're gonna, I want to do life with you. And so the woman that I'm referring to is Naomi. Her story is found in the book of Ruth, and her daughter-in-law is Ruth. And so Ruth and Naomi end up traveling back to Naomi's hometown and, and they get there, and then Naomi's hometown is greeting them, and they're like, hey, welcome, you're back, it's great to see you. And this is where we pick the story up in Ruth chapter one, in verse 20. Naomi responds to them and says, don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So she changes her name to bitterness. Mara means bitterness and she changes her name. In scripture, it's really interesting and, and really powerful because at different times throughout scripture, you'll notice that when something significant happens in somebody's life, God would give them a new name. And so you can see throughout scripture, a couple of these. So Abram becomes Abraham, Jacob becomes Israel, Saul becomes Paul. And so there's some, something significant happens and God marks it by saying, you will now be called and then gives them a new name. So here you have Naomi, and she decides to take that into her own hands. And she says, don't call me Naomi anymore, call me Mara, I am bitter. Her name Naomi actually means pleasant one. So she actually changes it from pleasant one to bitterness. And so some of us, some of us here, instead of walking around by who God calls us, by us saying, listen, I'm a child of God. I am who he says I am. We have decided to walk around and say, I am a victim. I have been betrayed. I have been abused. I am bitter. And we've chosen that instead of saying, I'm a child of God. I am who he says I am. Some of us have chosen to change our names, just like Naomi. That is not what God has intended for us, because when we do that, we allow the bitterness to put ourselves in a prison, when in fact Jesus came to set us free. What he did on the cross bought our freedom so that we did not have to be imprisoned by this bitterness any longer. We cannot heal from that which we are unwilling to admit. And so this morning, I'm asking us, we've got to pray and we have to say to God, God, expose any root of bitterness that is in me. have to expose it. The second thing that we have to do is cancel their debt. Something very difficult to do. 
We have to cancel their debt. The person who hurt us, we've got to forgive them. We've got to let them off the hook. And you're saying, listen, there is no way I can do that. You have no idea what they've done to me. You have no idea. It has taken me years to get over the hurt that they caused me. You have no idea what I've walked through. You have no idea all the things that have happened to me. I've never been the same since they hurt me. I, I get it. I understand. But I'm telling you, it's poisoning you to death. It's poisoning you. And so this passage has told us that we are to have no bitter root in us, but that we also, we also have to make sure that no one misses the grace of God. That's our job. We are not to allow anyone to miss the grace of God. And that includes the people who've wronged us, the people who have hurt us, who have abused us. Because it's only because you're living under the powerful grace of God that you're gonna be able to extend that to others. Even the person who doesn't deserve it. Because when you realize how much you've been forgiven, you can forgive much. How are we gonna be able to do this? Only by the grace of God. It tells us in Mark chapter 11, verse 25, it says, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So the first thing we're supposed to do is to forgive. So we extend the grace of God, we extend the forgiveness, and then God pours that over us as well. I know I need to receive much forgiveness from the Lord, and so I need to extend much forgiveness. We have got to choose to give up our claim to revenge and blame and we have to choose to cancel their debt. It's hard, but when we do that, we're gonna find freedom. We wanna be let off the hook, but we want the other person to be held accountable. But God is saying, no, cancel their debt Forgive them, and I will pour that over you as well. Then we get to find freedom. The third thing that we have to do is we have to bless them. We have to bless them. In Luke chapter 6, verse 27, it says, But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies, 
Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Wow. We have to speak blessing over them. We have to pray for them. We have to extend them grace. I know that this is so difficult. I understand this is so hard. I have been hurt. I have been betrayed. I've had a lot of unfortunate things happen to me in my life, and so I, I get it. Many different people have hurt me. It's been family, it's been friends, um, people I, I've, I've done life with over the past you know, 48 years. I, there, there's been a lot of opportunity to be hurt, to be betrayed. And so I get it, I understand, it's so hard. And so at different times, I've chosen to deal with it a different way. And there's been times in my life where I've said, no way, they've hurt me, they've betrayed me, they don't deserve it, forget it. And I've held on to it. And it slowly began to poison me slowly began to just eat away at me. And then there's other times in my life where I chose to bless them. Or I said, you know what? They hurt me, they betrayed me, but God, I am asking that you would bless them. God, I am asking that you would pour over them. God, would you just show them so much love that, that they would just be so filled with you. God, bless their marriage, bless their family, bless their business, God, just bless their socks off. Man, God, just pour over them. As I go through town, if, if I drive nearby where they might live or maybe they, they work, I use that as a reminder to speak those blessings. So I'm just driving in my car and I see the place where they work or maybe where they live and I'm just like, God, just bless them. God, just pour over them. And when I choose to do that, I'm free. I find freedom. But I, I get to choose which way I, I handle that. I can either allow it to lead me to the bitterness that's a poison inside of me or I can allow it to lead me to cancel their debt, which actually brings me freedom. And this root of bitterness, when we allow it in us and we allow it to fester, it turns into a poison and it affects everyone around us. You might be saying this morning, well, there's no way I can do that. I can't, I can't speak blessing over them. Are you kidding me? thinking of all the things that they've done. Well, you're not gonna be able to give what you haven't received. So maybe you need to take some time for yourself to receive God's love and forgiveness and grace on you so that you can then extend it to others. Because Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price on the cross for our freedom from bitterness. 
There's actually a passage in the book of Exodus that refers to bitterness and foreshadows what Jesus would come to do on the cross for us. It's it's amazing passage. The children of Israel have just escaped from Egypt and they have just come out of the miracle of the Red Sea where God parts the waters for them and destroys their enemy. Just a powerful, incredible miracle. And they're heading out into the wilderness. And this is where we pick the story up in Exodus chapter 15, and starting in verse 22. It says, Then Moses made Israel set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Therefore, it was named Marah. And the people grumbled against Moses saying, what shall we drink? And he cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a log and he threw it into the water and the water became sweet. So here's the children of Israel just experienced an incredible miracle at the Red Sea. They go for three days and they're just thirsty because they've had no water at all. They find some and it's completely bitter and undrinkable. And God tells Moses, grab the log and throw it into the water. And it turns the bitter water sweet. That log is a foreshadow to the cross that Jesus would die on because he died on the cross to turn the bitter places inside of us sweet again. And he had a plan to do it from way back then, from way back when the Israelites went into the wilderness, this plan was to turn your bitterness sweet. What Jesus did on the cross is enough. It's enough to heal those bitter places, it's enough to bring you back to life again. And so this morning as we close, we're just gonna pray that he would do that, that he would bring healing and restore us and heal those bitter places. And so if you're here this morning and this message has been ministering to you and speaking to you, if you feel that you have some bitter places that need healing, I just want you to stand up right now. We're just gonna pray together and seek him in this place. So just stand up right now. If you need some healing and you need God to minister to you. God, we just come before you right now, Lord, and we just thank you so much. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for being a loving and a caring God that such a long time ago that you had a plan for us to heal us from this bitterness. And it was your son on the cross. And so God, we thank you so much for giving us a way to heal, for giving us a way to turn the bitter places inside of us sweet again. God, would you show us right now in this room, God, would you just expose those roots of bitterness in us, God? We just pray and ask you right now to just reveal them, God. And Father, we also ask you to bring your healing upon us right now. So God, those those roots of bitterness that are in us, God, would you just bring your healing 
that we would be able to dig down deep and, and remove that from the root and just get it out of us, God, so that we can be healed, so that we can be whole, so that we can find freedom in you. God, so that we can live as you've intended us to live. God, that as we receive your grace, as we've received your forgiveness, that we're able to pour it on others around us. God, that we would bring life, that we would speak blessing to those around us, God. God, we just pray that all bitterness would be removed today in Jesus' name. And that we would be ones that are bringing life and hope and freedom to those around us. God, we thank you for your healing. Thank you for what you did on the cross for us to turn our bitter places sweet. In Jesus' name, amen.